Well, welcome. I hope you've had a great week. Um, we're going to start to move forward now into some real tangible things that um, I feel sometimes um, the mountain can seem a little hard in terms of what we need to climb. And, uh, and we're going to start to talk about your net worth. And as a couple, do you have some clarity or some, um, some vision for what it is that you're wanting to achieve, um, let's say in 10 years from now? So when we do an initial uh, alignment session with a couple, we go through and we basically do a bit of accountability or, or have a look at what results that you're wanting to achieve 10 years from now. And we look in every different area. But I think the most accountable area that tends to um, bring up the most amount of feeling like people are defeated or, or wanting to give up is their money management. And so that's what we're going to focus on uh, this week is to start to have a good look at, um, you know, checking where you're at, a debt check, um, you know, money habits, things like that. Because I know that finance tends to be the number one area where couples that certainly are in business, couples working together, any couples on the planet, um, it does tend to bring up, you know, a lot of tension or a lot of frustration because we all have a different value set when it comes to spending our money, investing our money. And so it's important just to highlight what are some of the tools or things that we use as coaches to be able to help couples move ahead in this area. So there might be food for thought for yourself, it might be food for thought for um, family members. Um, hopefully it's of value so that you can um, move forward in this area or help somebody else to move forward in this area. So firstly, if we have a snapshot of where you want to be 10 years from now. Okay, so if you just draw on a piece of paper some goalposts, which would break a page up into three equal sections. So if it's an A4 sheet, you just draw two lines, um, you know, one third across and one third across. And so you've got two, five and ten year columns. Two on the far left, five in the middle and ten on the far right hand side. And so in ten years time, how old will you be? You know, get a snapshot. How old will your partner be? How old will your kids be? Where will you be living? What car will you be driving? What will your health be like? And what are you doing to maintain your health 10 years from now? What will your net worth be 10 years from now? And if you do this individually, and then we'll compare later. So what's the figure that springs out? How would you structure that wealth? So as a percentage, how much would be based in business? You might say it's 40% business, it's 50% uh, property, and our net worth's 10% made up of cash. And so that gives you some tangible amounts to start working towards for your property portfolio. So how do you structure that? How much time are you spending working 10 years from now? So actively you might say I'm, I'm working five hours a day, five days a week. So 25 hours in total. As a percentage of your active and passive income, how are they split? So is the majority of your income active or passive? What's the percentage split? What are you doing with your time? So if you're not working, 
what are you doing? What are your hobbies? What, uh, what activities do you have that uh, would occupy the other hours of the day? What's your most significant achievement that if you don't achieve anything else in your life in 10 years, you have achieved this one thing? If you had to give away 10% of your net worth every single year, who would you give it to? What charity would you tithe to? As a percentage split of high, medium and low risk, as a couple, what do you believe would be a good percentage split? So based on your age, low risk, meaning cash in the bank or managed funds or superannuation, you might be putting 10% into still. Medium risk is property, high risk is business. So if you're currently putting 100% into high risk, you know, might you be thinking in 10 years from now you've started to, you know, um, start to diversify a little more. So what would the percentage split be that you're comfortable with? What toys do you have? Cars, jet skis, ladies, wardrobes, shoes, handbags, spa baths. What's important to you in terms of, um, you know, things that will be purchased from in um, income that you get passively? What are some toys you'd like? Motorbikes, all those types of things. So we start, start to get a little bit of accountability or a snapshot of some things um, that you can then pause the DVD and become aligned with, have that discussion to say, well, what did you say for our net worth? You know, well, no, that wouldn't work, you know, and work out a way that you can start to gain more clarity, focus clarity as a couple of where you're headed. You know, and when I sit with couples and we do this um, exercise, what you find is a whole um, different experience with each different couple. Some are quite, you know, content with just having the experiences of life, where they want to travel to, what it is that they want to achieve. And others are very rock solid. I need a $10 million net worth and it's going to be in, you know, uh, um, two property wheels and three businesses and, you know, very, very certain on where they want to go. What's important is that you get a, a, a clarity of what that end picture looks like as a couple and you start to align yourselves. Because if your net worth is to be $10 million in 10 years from now, then what would it need to be five years from now? You know, and understanding the, the process of compounding or critical mass, um, it would need to be just under halfway. Because it's a lot easier to make a million from a million. All right, so, you know, if it, 10 million was the goal, you might want it to be 4 million in five years. In order to have 4 million in five years, what would you need to have in two years? Well, you might need to have 1.5 million. Okay, so what's your net worth now? Where are you starting from? And so what I generally find is when one partner is more entrepreneurial, um, business focused, ready to make risks and the other person tends to like a, a what if account, likes to live a nice lifestyle, just wants to live week to week or month to month, then there is some challenge there or some resistance that sometimes it's good to utilise that to um, realise where each of us are wanting to give in around those goals or admit defeat or feel as if it's just never going to happen for us. 
And so what's really good is to get that reality check. And you know, I've always advised um, people that I've worked with to really use a finance coach, to have somebody who's a financial planner or, or someone that works not just with the actual what to do with the money, but how you think about money and how you react and respond around budgets and, and all that type of thing. And you know, Kent and I got our first financial planner when we were um, 23 years old, and she was such a wonderful lady. And um, you know, we always utilized her service um, to stop arguing around money because we'd be in Super Amart or Tandy or, or somewhere looking at um, you know, fantastic furniture or, or whatever and we'd say, oh, we want to buy this, let's ring Di and ask. No, there, there's this special, we want to buy this. She'd say, no, 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 it's not on the plan, no. So we would say, we'd hang up and say, we hate her. You know, like, <laughs> it's not fair. Why can't we buy what we want to buy? Um, so we handed over the accountability to somebody who was aligned with us and knew where we wanted to head. And I can tell you at, at such an early age, um, you know, she wouldn't let us borrow any money for our car. Um, I think I was earning, because it was a lot of commission um, sales and retail that we were in when we first started out, um, I was earning I think $320 a week and Kent was on $285 a week and I got a bit of commission for, for any retail sales and so did he. And um, we saved for our first $4,000 car in just on five months. And uh, when you think about just, you know, how on earth did we even survive on that money when I look back now, um, compared to what our high maintenance living expenses are now, that included our rent, our food, you know, our entertainment, um, you know, everything that we, we needed to live on. And so having somebody there who could really manage the money of and put a plan together to say as soon as you get paid automatically 10% is going to be deducted from your wage and put into managed funds and we're going to start to up that you know every quarter based on you increasing your sales and getting more commission. There was also share options that are available in the company that I was working in and we purchased our maximum allocation every offering um, for five years and uh, and that was what we used to keep our first traditional business going was um, was those initial shares that we purchased right back in the beginning that had gone from $7 to $35. And uh, we learned a lot about capital gains tax, we learned a lot about understanding money management at that stage. Um, and so, you know, what's the journey that you're on? What experience have you had so far? What shares have you bought? Um, has that worked for you? What property have you got? Is that working for you? How's your emotions around the debt that you're carrying as a couple? And um, you know, it's just really important to gain that clarity to do a debt check and just realize what, what comfort zone do you have around debt? I don't have any comfort zone around debt. <laughs> I hate debt. Um, so when it came to you know talking to financial planners around margin lending and borrowing money for shares and, and all this type of thing, it was like, wow, I just, I don't know, I just couldn't get the right feeling around it. And um, luckily it was just before our big crash that we 
have just experienced in um, you know 2009 and um, we, we didn't go with that option it didn't feel right for us thank goodness and so lots of people uh, lost their houses lost their superannuation lots of devastation and we had kept our money in cash um, out of the markets and felt no impact whatsoever of um, we were still renting our property because we were working from home and so there were great tax advantages for that and um, we just invested in um, a small business that was floating on ASOP and put some money in there of which that was going quite well and so you know we were going well against the traditional path um, for a couple with two small children to not own a, their own home um, you know we get judged a lot by our parents and by friends saying why wouldn't you want to own your own home and it's not about not wanting to it's about what's right for us and what feels right around the debt and whilst a hundred percent of our income is going into high risk um, we're learning what we need to learn to get mentally tough to get the passive income up to a point where it covers our mortgage and until our passive income will cover our mortgage and that house will be locked in forever um, we're still playing around with the high-risk game. I'm not suggesting you do that, I'm just giving you an example of you know, what it is for my life. And so you can go and talk to people and understand firstly, well, what are they doing? You know, does their life appeal to you? All the mentors that we use around our money live in the life that we want to live. Okay, they're not sitting behind a desk necessarily um, crunching numbers for people they live a lifestyle that we really want to live and so very very important who you get your advice from um, and when you get your advice and how you plan to implement that and so for me it was always about understanding you know as an entrepreneur I needed to be able to create my own um, opportunity I needed to be able to see where there was synergy within the marketplace that that felt right for me um, that I could march to my own drum as such and achieve what it was that I wanted to achieve. But it was very important as a couple that Kent and I sat down to get aligned. And when we get to a point where we get overly frustrated and, um, and feel like it's not going to happen the way that uh, we think it's going to happen, is usually just before something great really starts to come together. And so, you know, get those bases right. Understand what are your rules of the game around money. Um, have you got a buffer account? Have you managed to be able to um, get your tax in order? Have you got your credit cards under control? Um, I went and did a course, an entrepreneurial course, and the first thing they uh, discussed was, you know, when credit card companies send out those offers that give you 18 months interest free and they knock the interest down to 3% or whatever and, and how entrepreneurs had managed their debt by utilising and swapping their credit cards every 12 months or every 18 months um, and just swapping from company to company and never paying any more than 3% on their credit cards. And I thought, wow, I'd normally get those in the mail and I'd just chuck them straight in the bin, I don't even read them. And you know, that was to our advantage because I think about um, seven months ago, uh, we got offered that exact same deal and rang up and um, I have been able to fund a lot of our business growth on credit which was 3% and lock that in for 18 months as opposed to getting any personal loans um, to do that. So I mean have you looked at how you're utilising debt? 
and, and how that makes you feel and are you paying it off at the rate that it needs to be paid off so that then it doesn't jump to that 21% or, or whatever it is. And so getting a handle around money and being able to have conversations around money and planning for money um, is a skill. It's, it's not something you're born with. And um, when I was 21 and I looked after Mr. Zollinger, the, the Swiss man, um, he had used ledgers and he literally would, we would write down every day what transactions happened within his account and we would balance the checkbook on a daily basis. And so we knew exactly what bills needed to be paid and how much money was sitting in the account. It was an incredible discipline that it taught me at that young age is that if you don't know where your money's going, it's just going. And so I went out and I got us some ledgers and I would sit on the floor, Kent would sit on the internet. Now people would say that's really old fashioned because you can just print out on the internet now all your statements, you can see all the transactions. I can tell you right now that the process of writing it down enabled me to be able to own it. And I could see, wow, my mobile phone bill's out of control. It's gone from you know $104 up to $164, what's going on? I needed to ring and find out about those contracts and, and what I could achieve or, or were there better deals that I could move along to you know, and start to focus on every different area of our expenses as well as writing down the income. Where's the money coming from? Doing cash flow projections, um, having them on the wall so that you could highlight them off when sales were coming in. Um, we started to then to use, um, because Kent and I would have arguments around money, like he might mention, oh, there's a bill that's needing to be paid just before I was about to go into a meeting. Now that's the wrong intention when you're about to go into a sales meeting and I was very protective of you know what my intentions were and so I used to jump down his throat and say no we can't talk about this now you know and that would stir up an argument we can never talk about it you know those types of arguments I'm sure everyone has them and so we had to set a time what time in the week is it appropriate to talk about money and then what tools in between those times could we use to have non-verbal communication. And for me, I needed a running sheet. And so, you know, I just literally got a blank piece of paper, wrote the dates down the left-hand column, and it said expected projected expenses. Okay, so if you project forward and you know that we're gonna need four new tires on the car, you know that this car's gonna need servicing, they're things that I don't even think about. Um, you know that there's a birthday coming up or we need to fly over for you know, a wedding or, or whatever it is and you're thinking about that, then write it down to say, well, about the 20th of this month, we need to be paying a deposit on that flight or we need to get those tyres or the car needs servicing or we need um, gas bottles for the, for the home or you know, <laughs> we need to upgrade stationery or the computer needs a new antivirus equipment, whatever it was would be written down and so then it was totaled up so that every week there was a, uh, a target amount of sales that would just cover those break-even expenses that then I could focus on. And I can tell you just that one tool, what a calming effect it has on me that I can just go out and focus on that front end to say I don't care where the money's going as long as you know, if I'm interested, I can look down the list. But let's just give me a, you know, a holistic figure to go for that I know is going to cover off on any repayments that we have, any expenses that are coming up. But as well, it's going to give us enough of um, 
you know, uh, a goal to make sure that although I see that $3,000 might be the sales target, I can go for $5,000 to make sure we have that buffer account, you know, topped up. And so it gives you um, not just a sense of empowerment, but a sense of control. And I think that when it comes to money, um, so many people are spiralling out of control. Uh, they don't have the tools um, to understand what it brings up. And as I said, we've each got different filters or identities around money, you know, and I've told lots of people I grew up, you know, with a mum who had no money, no extra money. And so when we'd ask for something, she'd turn her wallet upside down and say, there is none, there is none, look, there is none. And, you know, very quickly you started to learn, you just don't ask. You don't ask because it would send her into anger and frustration. Um, but it imprinted in me that I never wanted to be a mother that didn't have money in my wallet for something that my child might need. So it can have a positive impact. It doesn't have to be a negative impact. It also fired me up to want to support her and give her money later on and experiences in life. So, you know, she's not doing too badly either. So you, you start to understand that, you know, whatever has happened has happened for you, but it's going to fuel you to keep you away from that danger zone. And so whenever I have no money in my wallet and I'm walking around going, there's no money, there's no money, and my kids ask for something, that's normally when it sends me into a complete state of panic, um, scarcity, anger, resentment, that what am I doing that I haven't got control that I'm able to give myself my $100 a week pocket money or whatever it is that, that you need to feel um, abundant or, or successful um, outside of all of the expenses, is there money there for pocket money um, that you're able to just have um, to be able to spend as you like it. And if you don't have that set up, then go and get some help and get some clarity around what it would take to move in that direction and set yourself a plan. So when we um, sat down and do our plan, well, firstly, it's important to have a debt consolidation plan. Okay, that's the first thing. So let's say you've got, um, I don't know, four debts that are outstanding, a personal loan and two credit cards and um, you know a business loan or something like that. Well, they teach you that you basically need to do a debt accelerator. And so looking at your income of where it is, you basically write out all of the um, payments, their interest rate, and um, and you basically choose the one that has the least amount of payments, um, you know, owing. So let's say, for example, you have a $10,000 loan, an $8,000 credit card, a $7,000 credit card, and a $6,000 loan. Well, you basically pay out the one that's the lowest first because it's giving you a positive feeling that you are chunking down your debt. Okay, so that's something that you know I found fascinating is that let's say you can afford to do a 10% accelerator. So over and above the minimum repayment, you add an extra 10% and you start paying out that first one quicker. If you can take that to 20, 30, 40, an extra 50% and start moving that debt down much quicker, then what you'll start to find is you'll feel in control more and more. And I just do little arrows, you know, that are, um, that basically work out exactly um, what the amount on that um, loan or credit card or, or whatever debt is. And so you've got a date, a target date as to when you'll be completely debt free. And it's the turning point when you stop using any debt 
and you start to get rid of your debt and have action plans on, on what you're going to do with that money. Because you imagine when that first debt's paid off, you accumulate all of the accelerator money, all of the repayments from that first one, and you start piling it onto the second one. And you get rid of that one, and then you use that money plus the debt accelerator plus the second uh, debt money to pile it onto the third one, and then using all of that money to get rid of the fourth one very quickly. And once you um, then have not been utilising that money, where is the plan for that money? Straight into investing, straight into um, managed funds, straight into your home. Whatever it is that you plan to do, you really start to get control of your money. And we've done that exercise over the years quite a few different times because we've you know, experienced times where we've lived debt free and we've experienced times where we've utilised debt. Um, to our advantage to be able to maintain whatever it is, the growth that we're wanting in our companies, as I said, or, or business growth, or we've had babies and there's been downturn in the economy and income's gone down. So we've utilised debt, um, however, in a controlled way that as soon as it gets to a certain amount, what I tend to find is that I wake up. I wake up at a certain amount. Now, you know, you will have a different debt threshold than I'll have. Um, everyone has different debt thresholds. We've got clients that have started with us um, with over $2 million in debt. Um, you know, that's an incredible starting point um, to be able to decide, right, I want to get control. And so, you know, selling assets, selling things to get their debt down. But I can tell you when they achieve debt free, what an incredible feeling it is for their family to be able to start with the right habits healthily. So no matter where you're starting from, you're starting from that place. Who are you talking to about it? How are you talking as a couple? Is it causing upset? Are there lots of tears? Is there fighting? Are you talking about money in front of children? You know, how do you talk about money in front of children? And just start to understand that all of these are lessons that, you know, as I said in the beginning, when you, when you say 10 years from now I want my net worth to be this, well do you actually have the basic habits that are formulating now to achieve that goal in 10 years? Because I guarantee you, you can achieve whatever goal you've written down in 10 years. Provided in five years, you've, you've basically hit that target, and provided in 100 weeks from now, you've started to get those habits of moving forward that are healthy. Because once you start to really identify what are the success patterns around money and how to hold and handle money and the emotion around money, then you'll be given more to be able to handle. You'll be given bigger challenges to be able to, um, to work through. And when you read about a lot of successful people, Robert Kiyosaki, Jack Canfield, Anthony Robbins, you know, they've had money laundered from them. They've had, you know, partnerships that have broken down. They've gone down to zero and started and built again. They've had lots of emotional intelligence when it comes to dealing with money. And therefore, you're getting your emotional intelligence that you can deal with money. But it might simply be um, a grocery bill that's a bit higher than expected. It might be an electricity bill that's come in that's higher than expected and it's going to send you off on a challenge around finances that you're going to have to cope and learn how to do action plans uh, and ring the telephone company or ring the electricity department and negotiate a payment plan. All those types of things that are going to give you more emotional intelligence, more control. You might have to tighten your belt for a few months to get on top of it. But is it going to be worth it to develop those habits and those success principles 
um, to be able to get control of your debt but also have a plan for um, being able to have an abundance of money and assets that are going to pay you forever in a passive style of income. So I definitely think that journey's worth it. I think as I said it, it causes the most amount of frustration. Uh, the journals really helped as I said for me just to get a handle on ownership, ownership of, of money and where it was going and my patterning and um, when I would just get resentful and I'd blow the budget um, and I would justify that in a way of however I would justify it was a new learning curve. And so it's just really important that some of us have been in denial around our money and we wake up one day and say, how do we arrive here? Well, it doesn't matter how you arrived here, it, um, just um, what are you going to do about it? You know, who do you need to talk to? When's the best time to start planning? and then get your action plan in terms of the how but you know understand the why the why is to have no psychological stress around the topic of money okay if you're setting goals around money you want wisdom around money and wisdom wise to money is no psychological stress and so you live a life where bills come in money comes in and out in and out in and out and it flows how it should flow with the cycles that it will flow into your bank accounts and into your businesses and there's no psychological stress. You can be able to do forecasts and cash flows and really manage your money. So that's a great achievement, certainly something that um, you know I've always aspired to have that control over my income and be able to leave a legacy for my children of um, passive income as opposed to starting with zero when they get to the age of 18. So what's your plans? What was your vision? What is it that you'd like to achieve? And uh, please let us help you to do that. You have a great week. Get a handle on that money. Keep stretching out of your comfort zone and we'll check back again next week. Have a great one. Bye.